0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, I'm David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend, we watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life, and then we synopsize the show, overanalyze the show, and use it as a springboard to talk about anything and everything TV nostalgia that we can possibly think of. This week, my guest is Mark Baratelli. Mark is a three-peat guest. He was here in season one for the dieting episode, and he was here in season two for episode 15 called Free Spirit. That's when we met Mrs. Garrett's son, Alex. And uh, now he's back this week for this very, very special episode, now in season four. Mark, you may recall, is an actor, a singer, a dancer, an improviser, a producer, uh, a writer, a city blogger. He's got so many things on his resume, it is crazy. But most importantly, he's super fun, and I really had a good time talking with him, so we can just get to this, kids. Mark and I watched Season 4, Episode 16, called Let's Party, and the original air date was February 9th, 1983. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Mark Baratelli. Welcome back, Mark Baratelli. Hey, everybody. You got to do a very special episode tonight. I did. You you did warn me
1: when I came in, but uh, I was like, oh, very special, ha, ha but it is very
0: special. Yeah, and the first thing you did, you walked in the door and you went, where's the damn wine? Okay, I don't think
1: I said wine. I said, where's <laughs> the damn anything with liquor, <laughs> to be
0: clear. Because uh, you just drink to be social and keep from shaking. <laughs> That's not my joke. That's someone else's joke, but I fucking love it. Keep
1: from that's great. Yeah. (laughs) I just worked all day, and you reward yourself every now and then with a couple of bottles of wine.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, uh, well, bottles. I heard that. That uh, So, uh, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. You are here. Yes. Mm. And talk while I sip my wine. I'm, I'm talking while I sip your wine. He's actually drinking leftovers. Austin wow. was breezing through town with his uh, national tour that he's on. And he had a party and there was some leftover wine. So I was like, hey, Mark, you want these leftovers? And he said, yeah. Well, yes, you, you did say that. But I want to go. I feel like one of our messages
1: prior to making this appointment, you were like, let's get dinner and drinks and we're going to do this up. Were you expecting me to dinner you? And so when I showed up and you pulled out a opened, uncorked, what is it called foot mouth wine bottle foot flop it's called like foot fit flop <laughs> flop foot wine which i've i've bought uh like you could, you when you bring your pumping gas they have a dispenser for this type of wine right next to it yeah it's um, yeah i thought to myself don't say anything don't bring attention to it
0: were you, you think? I'm sorry, uh, you, you wrote I to mis- me and said, when can I drink wine and watch the show? And when we planned yeah. like a 7 p.m., oh, I thought, oh, that's like a post-dinner thing. Yeah, That's why I just gave you snacks. I feel terrible. I should have gotten some dinner. I, I have a learning
1: disability, and I uh, in December, I was diagnosed with ADD. Really? So I miss, so it explains everything. I misinterpret everything. I hear things from people that they didn't mean to say. Or oh. I'm, mis- uh, I'm misinterpreting everything
0: constantly. Hi, and this, if you don't mind me probing into this and getting more personal. Probe so me. What is it? Hi, old kiggity. What is, so what do you do now? You've been diagnosed. Now what do you do? Is it is it a medication thing? Is Yeah, it any- I take a pill. Uh-huh.
1: I take a pill and I also, uh, this sounds like, I don't know, weird, but like I just forgive myself. Oh. And I will, I will outright tell people, like rather than pretend, like, because I'd run a business and so you're supposed to pretend like you know have, everything. Have your shit together, yeah. And every now and then I will have to say, look, I have a learning disability. Could you explain this again? Mm -hmm. But I'm learning that like prefacing it with, you know, I'm not dumb. I'm not not paying attention, but I literally have a medical condition that prevents me from understanding the words you're saying to me. Yeah. You know, saying that it's like I should have been saying that for the past 110 years that I've been alive. Wow. But I had no idea.
0: Well, good. I mean, I'm glad to have a diagnosis, and like you say, it it explains things. Oh, and pills. I, t- I take a drug. And take drugs. Yeah. And are, are they supposed to be combined with wine and alcohol? Yes. Is it okay? Yeah, that's that makes them work better. It's it's oh, okay. It's preferable to yeah. down your meds with alcohol. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is. Down the hatch. Oh my god, the pills are so good, though.
1: The pills are so good. One of the reasons, because one of the things you said to me when I first walked in, you're like, hey, your blog's
0: coming back. These pills. Oh, that's one of the things. Okay. Yeah. Do you need, more important than anything, do you need more food right now? Do you want me to give some substantial food? No, I ate like your entire bag of chips. Okay. And I'm fine with that. That was there for you. But do you need something? Do you need need protein? Do you need some, I got some sliced turkey. I have food at home. I have, Okay. And I'm sending you home with coma brownies, also. So the the brownies are coma over brownies. Coma com over brownies, Yes, it's coma a, brownies. Coma brownies. Coma. Have I not sent you home coma? with those before?
1: Are you doing like a Laura Hodos thing? I know she's known for her food. Her ugly cakes. Yeah. They say, these are brownies. Trademark. She puts the trademark after. Yeah. All on the her little Instagram. trademark things. I fucking love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, my brownies, and they do have the Laura Hodos seal of approval, but yeah. they're uh, dark chocolate. Caramel, sea salt, peanut butter, brownies. And when you eat them, they're amazing. See, I walk in and I'm offered an opened, uncorked (laughs)
1: bottle of $4 (laughs) wine. And then I'm told after, like literally, I've been here for like four hours. After the four hours, you have brownies. Okay. All right. Well, you know. I'm not Matthew Arter, so I understand. I understand.
0: Matthew complains about the service, and what the, does he complain about? He complains about whatever I give him is not is not good enough. It's like a bit that we do where he complains oh, okay. about. So nothing's well, good that, th- Yeah. Well, this, this is here, like a real bit that he can base his comedy yeah, on. This is a real bit where you, you literally came here with expectations. Well, we just watched the the very special episode called "Let's Party." And I love the fact that the title of this podcast is now, Let's Party with Mark Baratelli. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. If there's one thing I'm known for, it's a good time. And being a party animal. Yes. Mm. Uh, this was originally, this is a season four, episode 16. It was originally broadcast February the 9th of 1983. Was directed by Asad Kalada, same director who's been directing all the shows this season. He's the one who has directed the most of them. And it was written by Jerry Mayer. And Jerry Mayer is like one of the OG writers and creators of the show. He's listed as like developed by, and uh, he has written frequent episodes and many of the backdoor pilots. So he's like, he's one of the big machers in the writer's room. The Uh, big what? Big machers. That's, that? that's a Yiddish word for uh, a big macher is like a big wig, an important bigwig. person. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, because me, I'm so ethnic, Mark.
1: It's, I it's, I That's why I had to stop I, you. I have such culture why and heritage in the speaking? old country <laughs>
0: from which my people come of uh, Ireland and England. You're and, white. You're very white. I, You're I translucent. Am. I Yeah, I, I am. I'm like a one of the... Aliens from Cocoon. So, Mark, first things first. Mm-hmm. You know the drill. You are a three-peat guest. This is your third appearance. So, therefore, I need not even ask you what I'm about to ask you. Go. I'm, I'm talking. Ab- I'm okay. talking about the elevator pitch, two sentence synopsis oh, of what we just watched. Okay. Okay. Um, it's mm. only been eleven months. Jesus, how did you forget that? <laughs> uh, the one ethnic
1: african-american character is saddled with a substance abuse related adjacent issue
0: thank you okay that is that is extremely accurate yet very vague and oblique and uh if i read that in tv guide i'd be like i may or may not be interested by this so very good well done. I don't know if it was like a pitch, like to get you to watch this
1: show, but it was like my, like now that we're in this 2020 mindset of mm-hmm. like, I, I see, I, we all are watching everything through different eyes. True.
0: And watching this show through the lens of uh, 2020, it's, yeah, for all intents and purposes, this is the very special episode about drinking and driving. That's really what it all boils down to.
1: Which I think was, a new. I don't know if this
0: is factual, maybe you can back me up. I think that that was a new thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mothers Against Strong Driving was like new. In the 80s, yeah. That was a very new thing where suddenly people had been dying in car wrecks and drinking and driving all over the place. And it wasn't until the 80s that somebody went, you know, we could try to do that less. And encourage people to do that. Yeah, less. it wasn't like car companies; it wasn't the government; it was people; it was citizens. Yes, I just looked it up. Mothers Against Drunk Driving was formed in September of 1980, so it is still a very uh, this was. So, so new, I mean, you're you're, you're far far younger than I, Mark. So I remember as a teenager that it was a suddenly very prevalent thing in our culture about this. You know, don't no drinking and driving. Don't no drink don't drink and drive. That was a, a big thing and and mad. And that, uh, yes, you are absolutely right. And I, I, I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad you did. I'm sorry I beat you. No, to no, point. that's like I said. It's me, me listening is is foreign, sadly. Uh, so let's get into this. Let's let's start doing it. We have got the first scene. It is clearly the weekend because the girls are in their street clothes. Blair is wearing her ugly ass yellow mustard colored top. That her asshole boyfriend, Chad, did not like a couple of weeks ago. And um, he didn't like it because he thought she looked better in blue. I didn't like it because it's fugly. It is hideous with the extra patty wide shoulders and no collar. It just dips right down like they forgot to put a collar on it. It's extremely matronly, but everything that Blair wears is matronly. We're constantly referencing costume fails in this show. Uh, Tootie is really excited and uh, cannot wait because her brother, Marshall, is about to come and visit. He's on his way to a ski trip and he's stopping by Peekskill to spend some time with her and she is so excited and good God, does she idolize and worship this brother. And uh, Natalie and the girls all know him when he arrives, so there's some familiarity at some point, somehow, somewhere in the course of this show They have met him. We have never met him or seen them meet him before. And then the sort of not really quite B story is Joe has a solar greenhouse from which she has proudly produced one head of bok choy, which for those who do not know is Chinese cabbage. Thank you for telling us that, Mrs. Garrett. So this is just the reason for a couple of jokes and nothing else. But suddenly Joe is a gardener in the middle of dead of fucking winter and it's absolutely ridiculous and unfounded and inconsistent with her character whatever anyhow marshall arrives everyone's all excited and they are asking him and his friend to stay for dinner and he says no we're actually having a little get together at the motel and you girls are invited and they're all fucking thrilled and excited because they're going to be going to a party with college kids. So tell me, what uh, what thoughts, what felts have you feeled regarding this scene so far?
1: Uh, so Marshall's friend is hot, yes, beautiful. Uh, I don't know if you Googled him yet. I, I want to know what he's been doing, what he's up to. I know he did a probably a Playgirl centerfold in the, <laughs> in the late eighties. He could um, have. He. And his chin is either an implant or a gift from God. I've never seen a chin so perfect, and uh, this is great. Yes,
0: and when he comes in, Blair is all <laughs> Blair goes into estrus. Blair is like, what's estrus? Uh, that's when your baboons get their their big bubble gum. Ah. But that's 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 literally like my pussy is wet and ready to accept you. That's. Yeah, you've never heard that term? Is this
1: going on the internet? I don't
0: know. Why might I cut it?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Can we talk about how Blair is situated uh, upstage? Mm -hmm. I think I remember the theater terms. Upstage, behind a table. Yeah. I feel like there might be objects uh, in front of her or around her. And also, when you said shoulder pads in the sweater, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because... She's hidden. This woman is hidden. Yeah. And her hair is very big. But you, I mean, if we know this show, um, and we're all,
0: we all have eyeballs, this woman has gained some weight. She actually is slim right now. She actually was heavier last season, and this season she is slimmer because they sent her to a fat camp over the summer. Okay. Maybe, maybe, okay. Yeah. Well, she's, but she's not her original weight. Because, well, she was like... 15 when she started the show her original weight was she's she's 19 right now the actress like the actress is 19 is 19 and she's playing an 18 year old i i would uh i
1: believe you i hear you and what you say matters but the rest of the show to to bolster my case the rest of the show please tell the audience what she's wearing An
0: overcoat. A large large, black mm -hmm. overcoat, like a thick trench coat. Yes, and I will support your statement. Even though she is slim this season, they are dressing her no differently than they have the previous seasons. I have long criticized how they've dressed her because they could have thought, okay, how do we do fashion forward for a girl who's a little curvy? They could have done some really cool stuff. She's so fucking rich, she could afford the top fashion stuff designed to work with her body but look really cool. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They instead just make her look matronly. She looks like Delta Burke on Designing Women, who was heavier than the producers wanted her to be. And thats it's like the punishment costume for fat television actresses who might be a size six.
1: Yeah, like uh, it does seem like when you gain weight on TV, you show less skin. Mm-hmm. And you do, do, do not bring it. It's almost like an attempt to not bring attention to the weight. That's what I see visually. Obviously, it doesn't work. Let's talk about the
0: actors now. We that have the hot guy. The, okay. That hot guy well. okay. Okay. Go Speaking ahead. of Sorry. being an estrus, Mark. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm flapping down, my th- down. rosy cheeks. <laughs>
0: Enter. Enter here. <laughs> the deal is uh, first of all, we have Tootie's brother. This yeah. actor is Kevin Rodney Sullivan. Kevin Rodney Sullivan has a lot of acting credits. Uh, I should say he has a few acting credits, maybe a half a dozen or so. But he very quickly in the 80s transitioned into a little bit of writing and a lot of directing. And he went on to direct episodes of Fame, The West Wing, Riverdale, Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder, The Good Fight, Modern Family, The New Sabrina Reboot, Titans. Like these are all big top A-list TV shows that he has directed. And he also directed the feature films *Barbershop 2*, which was a sequel. But that was of those *Barbershop* movies; those were a big fucking a deal, big deal? Okay. In, in the African American community because it's well, because it's movies with with non-white people in them. Go on, go on. I'm listening. People yes. of color. Yes, okay, sure. And he also directed *How Stella Got Her Groove Back*. The it angel was the director of it. He directed that. He's like a
1: big time director now. So this is like an example, like Meathead. Meathead had that one role. Rob Reiner, I believe. To, yeah, and then he went on to do with mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally, and then this, have this huge yeah. career beyond that one role. Yeah. So this guy was
0: meant to be behind He's the, the camera. This is the black Rob Reiner. Yes, Mark. I know you want to say that, but what? Huh? I'm sorry. No, my flaps are open. <laughs> so, um. Yes, so that's it. And also, uh, among his acting roles is only like a half a dozen of them, but they're all in fairly prominent things. Small roles, big movies, including The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Heard of it. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Night Shift, more American Graffiti, not the original, the sequel, which I didn't even know existed. Oh, my God. And uh, he was in 13 episodes of Happy Days in the role of Tommy,
1: yeah and it was I clearly towards the that. end of
0: the series and he was in the episode the Joni and Chachi getting married.
1: The issue in the first scene which you brought up and we haven't talked about is that these are high schoolers mixing with college people. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I remember being in college and uh a few times interacting with high school people and it's like for me anyways it was Night and day, it oh, was. Yes. You don't belong here. Yes, you, this is not the place for you. And Missus Garrett, speak with her low-cut button blouse and her up to her gut, right beneath her wawas <laughs> black skirt, doesn't say a word about. Hey, hey, kids, hey, children, hey, minors. Maybe you shouldn't go out with the hi- the college <sighs> student. I
0: I thought that too. I question her judgment. I question the, judgment, I, I question I the writing. Too. I think the fact that Marshall shows up as such a uh, worshipped child, a worshipped sibling of Tootie, Missus Garrett does congratulate him on becoming a Phi Beta Kappa member, which is a you know oh. a college honor society thing. So he's clearly a good student. He's, we, he's not a normal college student. He's he's a he's a respectable college student right? yeah response there's responsible, a responsible there's a sense implied. of he is a responsible boy so the idea is and and it's clear he does love tootie he loves his sister so i think mrs garrett's judgment is that well marshall's in town with some friends and they're going to hang out with the girls i think we hotel. can assume, huh in a hotel in a hotel room giggity but uh I think that's that's the leap I had to make. That's a little uh, justification. Those are dots I had to connect with my own that self. That was not in the show where mm. she said, "If I had known there was going to be drinking, I would never have let you girls go." And remember, they do come home before curfew, so they're not in a prison. It's it Their is curfew
1: was like ten o'clock.
0: Yeah, but that as it should be. You're in high school. Agreed. Uh, totally agreed. But um the uh, the other thing you brought up which uh, we do need to address is Paul Walsh. Oh, is that his name? Paul Walsh is the yeah. character who comes oh. in that Blair loses her slides out of her chair for. We all slid out of our chairs.
1: And you also when you say Paul Walsh, it's your your mouth is open. Paul most Walsh, of the
0: ta- ready to receive. Your Paul Walsh. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, he is played by actor Michael Harrington. Mm. Michael Harrington Mm. is the son of Pat Harrington Jr., Mm -hmm. best known for playing Regis Philbin's (laughs) sidekick, bunny interloper
1: in the 1967 rom com. Is this Vegas again? Part two.
0: (laughs) That is correct. You knew. You know your TV history. Mm. Uh, Pat Harrington Jr. was Schneider on One Day at a Time. And Michael Harrington looks like his dad. I mean, Uh, now if you you think of it. I'm going to
1: jump over this Ikea table and smack you. How very dare you! you. It was Woolworths. I'm going to tell you Woolworths? (laughs) No. Who? No one knows what that is. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, I grew up on that Alice show. I almost cursed. Schneider, you,
0: you can curse on this. No, no,
1: no, no. That was one day at a time, right?
0: One day I'm at sorry. a time.
1: One day at a, he repulsive, repulsive. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, here's a good picture of them.
1: Yeah. No, there is some attractiveness. There's a little bit yeah, of a, yeah. a resemblance there. They have a ver- they they have those faces that
0: are symmetrical. Yeah. yeah and Their you could not stop commenting on Michael's chin. He's got like it's an Aaron Eckhart that square chin. No, no cleft in it, but it's, it's it remarkable. is striking.
1: I want to know why he did, where did he go? Either he's super rich and he's like I'm done with this or he became a director too. Uh, Or he became like some sort of stripper or (laughs) casino. He did
0: not go into any sex work or sex work adjacent type of job. Lady host. But he went on. He had uh, several roles in other things. He had appearances in uh, Charles in Charge, Chips, New Heart, a lot of stuff in the 80s. Who's the Boss, St. Elsewhere, the Colby's, Santa Barbara, and movie appearances in Beverly Hills Cop. Little Darlings, which is... Uh, that is a movie with... Jody Foster and Tatum i o- I'm sorry, Christy McNichol yeah, and yeah, Tatum yeah, O'Neill. Yeah. And um, his credits seemed to end in 2001. And then suddenly there's a 2019 credit. What? Of one little short film, of an appearance in a short film. It... So he clearly went off to do something else, but I, I didn't dig too far to find out. I didn't care.
1: You know, I think that a lot of people who aren't actors like if you don't become you know sissy Spacek or mariah carey level of acting you're a failure mariah carey is your is Mm -hmm. your gold standard of acting yeah i listen i saw precious did you see precious Uh, did you see glitter but my point was that, like, look let's
0: look at this career. The Colbys, the Carringtons, Dynasty. Yeah, he this, was that. on his way. These
1: are, fanta- are high-level, like you said, high-level shows. Yeah,
0: and like, and his resume is probably not much different than George Clooney's was. And George oh, Clooney's yeah. included facts of life. And yet, somehow, well, Clooney went that way, and Michael Harrington did not. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I think Michael Harrington may be a skosh more fuckable. Than George Clooney. One other thing is, you did make a comment. You said somebody got fat. Who? Oh, were, Blair got fat. Oh, that, it was Blair you were talking but, about. Uh, but 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 uh,
1: <laughs> Tootie got uh, lady lady chests.
0: She didn't have those when you were here last no, time. The did last she? Time,
1: yeah, the last that was a tiny waif twink uh, woman, and I come back and she she is not only filled out, but these are large. She's got forty four year old some... woman. Tatas. Yeah, yeah. Tiggle bitties. <laughs> um, and also the solar greenhouse. What year did Epcot
0: open? 82.
1: Okay. And this, this was 83. is 83. So like, do you remember going through the land for the first time? Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. And this this is our hydroponic Hy- solar power. never heard these. I'd never yeah. heard
1: these words before. How food is grown. I wonder if one of the writers went to Epcot. Oh. Solar greenhouse.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, this Joe. And and there is a moment they try to do a joke where Joe is like, yeah, it's so great to put those seeds in and then to slowly see some of the leaves shoot up and then watching them grow. And then there's a cutaway of Blair kind of looking at her weird. Mm-hmm. And Joe kind of is like, yeah, I guess it's okay. Which the, I think is a vaudeville bit. Well, it's the implication was... If it was not Joe, if it was some other character, the response would have been, I really need to get a life. Like, it was, the idea was that, why are you deriving such pleasure from such a mundane little thing? And it was so incongruous with everything else we've ever seen or explored or done or been shown with this character. It's just like, what is happening? Who built the solar
1: greenhouse? And aren't greenhouses, all greenhouses solar because the sun goes through the greenhouse?
0: (laughs) So how is this more solar than a regular Isn't that a just a greenhouse? Yeah. So then we move on to the next scene where we are at the party. Now, it took me a while to figure out where the fuck we were, but it's a hotel room. I was like, where so... Where did you think we were? Well, I was like, is this a dorm? Did we? Did he take oh. them to his college? It, it took me a while because there was a sense of, huh? Later, it is stated very clearly it's, it, it is a motel. Yeah. So we've got Marshall there. Oh, oh, last thing I need to say. Tootie... All she talks about is this brother, Marshall, and we get, we gather from this that they are the only two. And in an earlier episode, when Tootie was being wooed by the uh, boy at the candy machine back in season two, the episode called Who Am I? Uh, some viewers may recall him in asking Tootie if she has any sort of a network of African-American friends. At Eastland, he says to her, so, do you have any sisters around here? And she says, no, but I've got two brothers at home. And then he's oh, like... the third brother. Yeah, what happened? Is that Chuck from Happy Days? Did Where did Tootie's other brother go? Everybody at this party, quote-unquote party, has a beer in their hand, other than the girls. And what we have is, it looks like we have four extras. We have, uh, we have uh, Marshall and Paul... We have, Joe is not there yet. We have Blair, Tootie, and Natalie. We have two people sitting on the bed, one person sitting on the floor talking to the people on the bed, and then a guy in the chair, and his name is George. We are about to meet him very briefly, but that's it. So this isn't like a big ass blowout of a party. This is just a little cluster of friends on their way to a ski trip who have stopped in a motel so that Marshall could have his sister and her high school friends join them for a pizza and beer party. Would
1: you agree that every surface in on the set was covered in beer cans and pizza boxes?
0: Yes. Like covered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they tried to to make sure visually to make it clear that there was drinking going on in this. Uh, So there is some talk that she, 2d says to him, remember when dad caught you drinking and you were only 15, it's so weird that you're legally able to drink now. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. He's in college, and um, so I had to look up what was the drinking oh. age in nineteen uh, in 1983 when this was filmed. The legal drinking age was 19. It had just gone up from 18 the year before. In 1982, you could be 18 and legally drink. 18 in a or
1: 19? You said 19.
0: In 82, you could be 18. Now, as of this episode, 83, it had been up to 19. 18 was the legal drinking age in America? Yeah. In America? Yeah. Oh, I remember in Massachusetts when I was... I remember being a teenager and my older cousins being like, oh, I can't wait to turn 20. Why? Well, because last year I could drink when I was 18 and then they changed the drinking age to 20 and so they were in that window of, okay, last year I could drink, and now I can't till next year. So I remember that. They, they kept, like, creeping it up. And similarly, it went to 21. The legal drinking age was changed to 21 in 85, so two years later. So it's not unusual that Marshall, as a college student that's not a senior or a grad student, could legally be able to drink at 19. I mean, that's... That's Anyhow.
1: so important. Like, if you're watching these shows just as like, oh, haha, ha, the clothes are weird and the dialogue is weird, that's one thing. But it's fun to also watch this in the context of the, what, what you just said.
0: You had no idea that the legal drinking age was under 21 no, at some point. No, that was wow. out of my bubble of
1: importance. You're so, so young knowledge. and naive, Mark. No, I'm an older white woman who uh, just doesn't pay attention. <laughs>
0: So the the guy, George, is uh, played by an actor named Kyle T. Hefner. And there's not really much there other than he's supposedly a journalism student. Natalie's trying to have a conversation with him. But guess what? He's been drinking beer, and he's drunk, and he's not a great conversationalist. And
1: maybe you're with me on this, but did you think Big Penis, like a shocker,
0: Uh. I
1: know. Okay. All I, right. Next topic. <laughs> I got two things. One was like I never saw Animal House, but I was like, Oh, is this a is this Belushi a, is this kind this of a, a thing? thing? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, I could see that. Yeah.
1: And then I also thought of George Costanza. Just yeah. Because his name was George, and he kind of. No, looked... but
0: he honestly, that's what that's he looks like. That's what Jason Alexander looked like when he was younger. Probably, he had. Yeah. That's totally. It's a totally a Jason Alexander. I don't think type. Jason
1: Alexander has a big wiener.
0: No. <laughs>
1: no. Nope, sorry. Anyway,
0: Joe arrives. It's separate from the others. Joe is on her bike. This is important that Joe arrives via a different form of transportation. Mm -hmm. And uh, they decide to play a little drinking game when Joe comes in and it's stupid. And Joe is uh, perfectly Joe in that she is not impressed. Not just by the game. You can tell because it was a drinking game. Joe was just like, "This, this impresses me in the negative People drinking is nothing to me. You guys are actually a bunch of fucking losers. Probably because her mother was an alcoholic. Her mother was not an alcoholic. Her dad was in prison. Her
1: her mother was Jerry, the one with uh, the disability, right?
0: No! Jerry is Blair's
1: cousin. Jerry is somebody's mother.
0: No! Jerry had no children. Okay, go ahead with this. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Anyhow, uh, I just think any uh, woman
0: with short hair is a mother. And I think Jerry had short hair. She did. <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry. And uh, and the scene ends with Joe being not amused by this drinking game. And then uh, we go to the next scene, which is still the party just later on the same night. Suddenly the party is broken up, I guess. None of the extras are there. George is kind of passed out and Natalie's trying to have a conversation and it's not working. Uh, Joe is gone. She went home on her motorcycle. And basically, they learned that there's another party at another motel, and they're going to head on out there. And Tootie's like, no, it's curfew. You need to take us. We need to get—it's cur- it's past curfew. Or we're getting towards curfew. We need to go home. So Marshall's like, cool. I'm going to drive you home. And they're like, you've been drinking a lot of beers. And he's like, you think I'm drunk? And he says, I don't get drunk on beer. I'm responsible enough to know When I can drive. So Blair and Natalie are both like, shit, we should have gone home with Joe. Or one of us could have ridden on the back of her motorcycle or something. And uh, they're like, I don't think we should. And Tootie is, Tootie kicks into defensive cognitive dissonance mode. Where she's like, what? He's fine. He's not drunk. You're embarrassing Marshall in front of his friends. And then... Paul even hot Paul even offers to drive, in a very funny moment where he walks steps in the middle of a frame wearing a coat that I think is not his and it's buttoned improperly, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Hey, if you need me, I'm I can drive you guys." And it was like, "Yeah, no, you can't." Yeah, and, and sit the, down before you fall down.
1: The lights shine on his chin so well. <laughs> they, Go, on. Go the, on.
0: The lights glimmered, reflected. So there was talk of taking a taxi and Tootie's once again, you're going to ruin Marshall's visit. You're supposed to be my friends. My brother knows he's okay to drive. Well, are you coming? And to, uh, poor Natalie and poor Blair are just kind of like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? So uh, they succumb to the peer pressure of this child having a fit over her brother and they go off and off into the commercial into The Fade Out, and possibly into Oblivion. Which is a shock, because the first person to stand up
1: and acknowledge that something different needs to happen besides these women, these children being driven home by this drunk, is Blair. Blair is like, she... You see it in her face. She stands up and she comes up with the plan. She's like, "I've never driven a station wagon. Let me drive it." That's, That's right. pretty sophisticated. Yeah, good That's, for her. So she knows she knows when to uh, recognize the situation and then also how to handle it. Then she gets in the car. I no. Uh, no. Yeah, this is where I go to the riders and I go, "Hmm, yeah." Like you.
0: I don't like, it. Uh, like I said, the, having the peer, having Tootie be the one putting pressure on Natalie and Blair and having them buckle is a little weird. I and
1: understand Tootie's. I do understand Tootie's things because it's like it's not just it, you're embarrassing. You, this is her hero, and you're embarrassing him in front of his friends. Yeah. Now, but why these two women? The, the, these two children don't they don't seem like people who would? buckle under that. Just, yeah. This is against
0: character. Why wouldn't they have taken a cab home and Tootie insisted I'm going with my brother and then have Tootie and Marshall get into the die. In, <laughs> that too. And have them get into the accident and have I, I mean, you know, it's it, it certainly up the stakes that Multiples of them could have gotten hurt. By the way, spoiler alert, they get into an accident. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. But
1: here's what might yeah. Be, here's what maybe could have happened is like what the, the the real drama is that it was between the friends and Tootie. I'm no writer, but that's what I saw. It was like there needed to be a moment of them confronting Tootie. Hey Tootie, you are misin me, misinterpreting the situation. You are <laughs> incorrect, you're making a bad decision. We are your friends. You must trust us. You, why are you not trusting us? And then she needed to face that and have that moment. And then maybe, yeah, i uh, uh, you know, and then what, in my mind, like she would have had that moment, go, okay, I'll go with you guys and we'll get a taxi home and they get to the house. And then it turns out her brother gets in an accident
0: and dies,
1: potentially dies, but maybe potentially comes up and, yeah. sho- and shows Probably up and says, Hey, you know yeah. what? Hey guys, I, sh- I shouldn't have driven. I'm going to call my parents, but no. Go yeah, on. but yeah, I think
0: you know, yeah, upping. I think so upping the stakes. Judge. Upping the stakes of having our characters, our girls, be put in danger. Choosing is, to be put in. Yeah, da- it's yes. I agree with you. It is a little weird. And I'm back to something I asked last week with Mrs. Or was it the week before? Mrs. Garrett uh, had Blair took Mrs. Garrett's car. Down to the DMV to pay off or down to the bank to pay off the last of her load. Anyhow, Blair borrowed Mrs. Garrett's car okay. and the car got stolen. So it was kind of part of the plot of the show. And the question I asked is, wait a minute. Why the fuck doesn't Blair have a car? Blair is 18 years old. Blair mm-hmm. is rich as fuck. She should have a gold-plated Mercedes, Porsche, Audi. Yeah. Or whatever thing. I mean, it's it's so weird that she doesn't have her own form of transportation like any other fucking rich girl yeah. would have. And she's from the city. Well, they can afford parking because parking is so expensive. Uh, but the thing is, it's like this should have been a situation where Blair would have driven the girls and then Blair would have driven home.
1: Yeah, it, that's what, like hey, like, there should have been another, like, an option B of, like, Hey, Tootie, we've got another option. Come with us. You know, let's go in Blair's car. No, I believe my brother. Like, choosing between your brother and these
0: friends that you love. So then we come back from commercial, and we're in the parlor, and Joe is on the phone, and she's like, what do you mean they left an hour ago? And she said, well, okay. And she's, I think she says she's talking to George. And she's like, okay, George, focus. If they come back, four words. Call, Joe, phone, home which is a reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of the... I believe it would be E.T., a different Steven Spielberg film. Did that like just come out that year? Raiders of the Lost Ark was 81. No. E.T. was 82. Oh, okay. And this is 83, so E.T. is still wildly popular. So Joe, for some reason, tries to whitewash it. I guess she doesn't want to worry Mrs. Garrett, where Joe said, uh, Joe lies. And says, oh, they're uh, just leaving, so they should be here really soon. Joe doesn't say, they left there an hour ago and they should have been back. I'm worried, though Joe is clearly worried. So interesting she doesn't share that with Mrs. Garrett. Well, Mrs.
1: Garrett is kind of a mess. If she had shared that, Mrs. Garrett would have blown her caboose. And, well, she should have. Well, she should have, but it wouldn't have well, done she... any good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well. But I you know, I would have not done what... what what's the lesbians name Joe I wouldn't have done what Joe. I would have gone these te- you let these teenagers with these college guys and I they there I would have yeah. been admitted I would have made mrs. Garrett lose her mind oh okay yeah which That's good to she know. ends up losing her mind which we'll get to later by bringing out some food objects that are uh, oh wait we'll yeah. get there go yeah. ahead go ahead yes
0: so Um, more references to the, to the garden and Joe has this thing of plants and a blanket they're putting over to protect it from the cold. And then later the blanket comes into play for uh, a final joke where Joe says, let me go with you, Blair. And Blair's like, Joe, that's so sweet. You don't have to. Blair is wearing the blanket and Joe says, no, I'm not coming for you. I need the blanket for my broccoli. And that's, like, the payoff for it's, all of this hydroponic listen-to-the-land shit. Where yeah. were they were going? To the bathroom? Upstairs. Upstairs, They're going to have their cocoa in the bidet. room. the what? The what? The, the they're co- going to have cocoa in their room? Have cocoa in their room, if you know what yeah, I'm talking about. get
1: cocoa in the room. <laughs> Turn the lights <laughs> off. for <laughs> the chocolate.
0: Speaking <laughs> of chocolate, <laughs> go, go on. Um, so the girls do come in. No sooner do we uh, lie to Mrs. Garrett's face. They come in, and clearly, some shit went down. Tootie's hair is messed up a little bit. Uh,
1: okay. What percentage of that wig would you say was
0: messed up? Because I'd like to
1: get your number. Because I have a number, a specific number.
0: I would say seven
1: percent of, of those hairs were frayed. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was. Not, I was like ninety-six percent of it was fine. Uh huh. So four to seven percent. Four yeah. to seven percent. We we can shockingly.
0: Agree. We can agree. Sh-
1: none of them were disheveled. None of them. Blair walked in beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for the most with part, her, they With did, her yeah. baby-covering wrap coat. Yeah. <laughs> but her hair was gorgeous.
0: Yeah. So, uh, it's like, well, hey, girls, you made it. And <laughs> to Mrs. Garrett, it's like, uh, Marshall had trouble with the car, so it stalled, and we weren't near a phone, so we had to walk home, but we're okay. Who is this? Tootie. Yeah, she's still... Lying. But... In a in a place of denial, didn't she's denying lying? Den, deny seen lying
1: is denying. You know, yeah, Tootie's
0: Tootie's got some issues to work through here. So Joe knows something bad because she can look at the girls and see Natalie is fucking traumatized. Natalie's gonna have PTSD from this. Natalie's mm-hmm. like, my leg won't stop shaking. Why won't my leg stop shaking? But Joe is like, hey, Mrs. G. They look cold. Maybe you should go get them some hot chocolate. And Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, all right. And off she goes into the kitchen. Vibrato throat. And as soon as Mrs. Garrett's out of the room, Joe is like, you got into an accident, didn't you? And they're like, yep. And he was driving. And Joe, at the top of her lungs, he was driving and he was drunk. And... Then Blair is like, and he was driving too fast. He ran a red light. And Tootie's like, the light wasn't red. And blah, blah, blah. And Natalie's like, why won't my knee stop shaking? You guys could have been killed. Mrs. Garrett is in the kitchen. There is literally a door between you and the next room. They did not play this. With some sense of, what the fuck happened? Are you telling me that you let yeah. him drive? What the heck? What were you thinking? It's like the fact that they were playing to the goddamn balcony at the top of their lungs. Do you agree with me? It was They were doing Virginia Wolf.
1: Oh. And uh, old uh, death blouse. In, in the, in the they were room. doing Virginia
0: Wolf at the Amway Arena. Jesus. <laughs> fuck. So in Marshall comes... And he's got a bandage on his head. He said there was a kid in the car and he found the band-aid. That's where it came from. But he clearly hit his head. It was an accident. And I think it's Blair that says, that was no accident. It was five beers. And they're still shouting at him. And then, uh, you were going to be driving off to another party. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to go back to the motel and slowly. And then (laughs) after all the shouting, Mrs. Garrett comes in. Well, here's some cocoa, and I heard nothing that went on in this room. Why do you have that cut on your head? And then he says, oh, just a thing, never mind, I'm going to go, by." And the girls are like, yeah, we're going to have our cocoa up in our room, so uh, everything's totally cool, goodbye, yeah. And then (laughs) as Tootie leaves, Mrs. Garrett's like, let's talk. And Tootie's like, it's, it's late. She's like, you can sleep late in the morning. And so she's like, something happened, didn't it? And Tootie's like, yeah. And she said, Mrs. Garrett says, well, I was watching all the looks flying around here. And It's like, or she was in the next room while they were shouting and could have heard it all. But whatever Poetic license, theatrical license. Uh so Tootie back. Well, he had a few beers, but he wasn't drunk. I saw him. And, and then Nat- then And Mrs. Garrett says, Oh, he had a few beers. Beers, not alcohol. He wasn't acting drunk. She says, I have experience with that. My ex-husband was also one of those people who was never drunk. Now we met her ex-husband. It was Robert Alda in season one better known as Sky Masterson from the original cast of Guys and Dolls, father of Alan Alda. And uh, he was a gambler. We didn't really get into him having a drinking problem, but we have just now, uh, three years later, further fleshed out his character. Bravo, writers. And uh, Mrs. Garrett says, "'You know you could have called me for a ride.'" And Tootie's like, he wasn't drunk, okay? And it's Friday. You were in the middle of Dallas. That's a CBS show. This is NBC. They mentioned a CBS show. The trouble is NBC didn't have a Dallas. They didn't have Dynasty, which was on ABC. NBC didn't have a nighttime rich people soap. And then um, uh, Mrs. Garrett lays into her. Who is he to take your lives in his hands and to do something so dangerous. And and you are got to tell your parents, of course, because he, he knocked over a tree with their car. And Tootie's like, no, they're going to take away his car and he's supposed to go somewhere for spring break. And Mrs. Garrett's like, worse things could happen. If you love him, you've got to do something about this. You may be saving his life. End of scene. Any thoughts about that?
1: Your Mrs. Garrett is just... It's like she's here, isn't it? it? She's here. She's queer. Her <laughs> bun is uh, never you fear. Well, I think the one thing I pointed out was that um, I, someone asked for hot chocolate. She said, okay. She comes back. Look, I have done some terrible theater as a <laughs> child. And I as know I've adult. seen it all. Yes, yeah. you've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know on stage, off, on in TV... When there's no liquid in the cup, Uh, when there's no weight in the cup. Drives me crazy. I mean, it's just, I don't know. The
0: one thing I'll say is, of all the awful cup drinking, fake drinking acting that we see on this show, and to this day, like, and, and it's worse today because of the Starbucks cup with the lid, this was not the worst cup acting I've seen. Because at the very least, they were cups and saucers. So when you pick it up by the saucer, there is a sense of balance and weight that is there. Because if you don't treat it like it has weight,
1: it, it, there's balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the, no the weight, bal- but there's balance. The like balance might, the automatically.
0: Yeah, the balance helps to give the impression of weight because of that. Now, the, the one negative thing about this, nobody drank any of it. I don't think anybody picked up a cup and put it to their mouth to actually drink the cocoa. It was like, here's the cocoa. Now we're gonna take it upstairs, and they just picked up the stuff. So then we go back to, uh, so then we go back to the hotel room, and uh, wow. Marshall's asleep, and Tootie knocks on the door. He gets up. He's still wearing the same clothes he had on the night before. Tootie tells us she took a bus to get there, and she does say to him, "Nice pajamas," and he says, "Well, I guess I." Fell asleep right after I dropped you guys off and came back. Uh, Look, that's another moment. We're just like
1: he. We never get to see him physically admit to himself or to us that he's a hot stinking mess. That would have been a good moment. Not for him to look down and go, oh, I guess I, I guess I, <laughs> no, he, he would have looked down and go, I mean, at one point he just sort of, just had, this moment was missing where he he would have looked down and go, yeah, yeah, well, what do you want? You know, or like, like just be a jerk. Like he never was a jerk, except for uh, yeah. the jerk driving drunk. The,
0: the, the episode sort of sidesteps, uh, a resolution, by well well let me let me complete talking about what happens here is that uh paul comes in Mm. with two six packs Mm. and it's like short of saying breakfast it was like uh and marshall does say that's those aren't for the road that's for when we get to the ski lodge because the beer up there is expensive and um while paul is there he says oh you girls missed a great after party Last night, we went to the... And, and Marshall's kind of like, yeah, just, just, just shut the fuck up and go load up the car, would you please? So Tootie's like, you went to that other party after you dropped us off, after you got into a fucking car accident and nearly killed us all. You went to another party to keep on drinking and ended up back here like this. So it's like, what happened the night before? That was not enough of a sobering moment, both literally and figuratively, that he wouldn't have slowed down or whatever that's like that's a serious fucking problem that's a you need to curb your you need to cut back dude this is like a okay we we need to get you to betty ford we need to get you to an aa meeting uh but they don't go there that's a little too defcon 5 for a sitcom for right now uh But Tootie and he have a lot of back and forths. Tootie, to her credit, is the one who initiates the difficult conversation of we could have been killed. This is is not a game. And uh, finally, the sort of moment we land on is you need to call mom and dad and tell them what happened and that you banged up dad's car. And he's like, no, I can't. Why? Well, because I already had a DUI. This is a great moment. 1983, Tootie does say, a DUI. That was not a very common term back then. Driving under the influence. He has to explain to her. So this is already a problem. And he's had a problem with, with the law before. And how the cops weren't involved in this, with him running into a tree. How, you know, a cop could have just been driving by and been like, what's going on, kids? Like he was very, she didn't say it explicitly. She's like, We are lucky the cops didn't get involved this time again. So the last thing is she says, if you don't tell mom and dad, I'm going to. So she gets on the phone, goes to make a collect call, says the phone number. And then the big final feely emotional moment is where Tootie's about to be connected to the dad. And Marshall walks over and slowly takes the phone from her. And then she hugs him. And then we freeze frame. So we're led to believe that I guess his choosing to make this phone call instead of 2D is him accepting some level of responsibility. It's left very ambiguous. Wouldn't you agree? The reason why it feels
1: weird is that he doesn't have that moment where he tells us why he's drinking so much. Yeah. People do those actions for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think one re- and the, listening to you talk made me think like pretend, p- potentially one of the reasons he was so drinking so much is cuz he's so miserable because he could have had this moment of like everybody thinks I'm perfect. My, you know mom and dad oh, yeah. look up to me they you know they they didn't go to college I'm the first guy to go to college you look up to me our mystery sister looks up to me mm-hmm. and everybody thinks I'm a great. brother it's a brother yeah brother I'm not great I have flaws and I just can't handle this pressure and so I drink and then 2 could have gone hey that you know I you're my hero but that's okay I still love you even though you're flawed and you go really yeah maybe, maybe your mother and daughter maybe your mother and dad Maybe you, our parents do as well, and yeah. you know, like have that moment of why is this happening? Not just this, like you're drinking a lot, like it doesn't come from nowhere.
0: Yeah, agreed. And there and, is no big aha moment of realization of you're right. I do need to cut this out. You're right. Last night was not acceptable. I, you're you're my sister, and I love you, and I almost hurt you, and your friends. Yeah. Like he didn't have his real comeuppance. Moment And what you proposed, I would say, if you were writing that today, I would say, Mark, that's a little simplistic. Mm. For this show of this time, what you wrote would have perfectly, perfectly fit in. Mm. So I think that's a terrific suggestion. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of like the Blair waiting for the phone call for the boy who was making her insecure about herself a couple weeks back. And Blair not taking the phone call from the boy was the symptom. But we never talked about the cause of why Blair, why this boy was getting in Blair's head and making her doubt her, her desirability, her own decision-making and things like that. This is the same thing. The his making of the phone call, they make such a big moment of this. It's like this, this is the symptom And your suggestion of addressing the cause is spot on. That's what the episode was missing, and I wish we had for such a very special episode. What else you got for me? You have anything else, any other points you want to make? Because we're at the end of the show.
1: He says at one point, I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. And I thought the next line should have been, but you did, or but you... You almost did, or something. Yeah. He said, I never would do, do anything to hurt you. Oh, no, he did. He, they got in a wreck. She should have said, you did. You did. You're lying. Yeah. You're lying to me. You're lying to all my friends. You're lying to yourself. Yeah. You did do something to hurt me. What if that bandage was on my head? And by bandage, we mean a uh, uh, one-eighth of a piece of toilet paper. uh like a shaving cut. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like a shaving cut. I mean the the the, the minor yeah. sim- visual symptoms of this wreck were so t- my, tiny, but it, maybe back then it was like, "Oh my God, you can see blood! That's a huge." Yeah, that's a huge sign. Like but, we didn't even be beat over the head.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, bravo to the show for continuing to address its issues and be an issue-driven show. And once again, we're finding them. Dancing around it, but not really getting to the meat of it, and uh, it it continues to disappoint me. <laughs> I think it shows
1: like this that you know when shows like Cheers come around, our eyes are opened. Or like Mary Tyler Moore, our eyes are open, and we go, "Oh, this is what TV is supposed to be." Hmm. You know, so well, and, and this shows... stuff
0: makes us appreciate the good stuff. Uh, well, yeah. I think so. And I mean, and I love this show. I think this is I a love good this show. show too. Yeah. It's just, it's a matter of, uh, I've said it before, to love something is to be critical of it. Or is it to crit- be critical of something is to love it? Is it? To criticize it is to show affection or whatever. Anyhow, I love this show and I'm critical of it because for how much I loved it as a kid when I didn't understand all of these. Uh, deeper nuances. Now as an adult I'm like, "Oh, this wasn't as good as I remember it, and I can see how it could have been great to both child David and adult 30-year-old David, you know.
1: It's the it's just the writing, right?
0: Uh, uh, yeah. It's not the acting. No. The the
1: actors are I think we all, I think the reason for me I like these this show or I have fond memories of it is the actors
0: and the appeal of the characters and the relationships, they do get right for the most part, yeah. the relationships and like the Blair and Joe dynamic is is terrific and and wonderful. Uh, well, before I send you on your way, my darling, the last thing I always like to add after we critique the show, rip it to shreds and then somehow claim that we still love it. Uh, tell me a commercial, any commercial from your childhood or any part of your life that is a commercial that you think of when I say uh, commercial. Commercial jingle or a product
1: don't treat your puppy like a dog 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 no 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 feed him puppy chow
0: i vaguely remember the puppy ch- we didn't have a dog growing up so that wasn't a thing did you grow up with a dog with pets no. we had a cat and there was a cat ad
1: around that time that was similar but i can't remember it but the but the no 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 <laughs> uh I was like, that was that for that puppy chow yeah
0: well mark thank you so much for coming back thank you for you you contacted me you said let's let's get you said interestingly you said when can i come over drink wine and watch another show and that's that it turned out to be the drinking and driving and alcoholism episode well yes this Uh, uh, okay i gotta come clean this is an intervention Oh Jesus. I tried to call all your friends.
1: yeah, I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. it was
0: it got awkward
1: yeah. yeah they're all like no that it's not
0: 2009 so, not, we're not friends. Yeah. so Mark, I hope to have mm-hmm. you back yes. as we progress. Now do you remember the later seasons the the Edna's Edibles and the over our heads? I don't remember the cookie shop,
1: but I remember the 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 store and they all started sh- dressing very sharply. Oh
0: my God, like, very the mousse, sharply the hairspray. The the teased-up 80s hair is insane.
1: Yeah, I I remember the looks, but uh, I don't remember that much about... I don't remember Edna's Edibles.
0: As I always say, I love repeat guests. I hope you uh, come back and want to do this again. I promise I will have uh, a better selection of knockoff hand-me-down wines to offer you i think i'll bring my own and oh you could do that too sure byo yeah that's that's kind of guy i am that's kind of host i'm a (laughs) byob
1: kind of a dude thank you for having me and thank you for having me on the show and it was super fun
0: well i'm glad smooches and goodbye moi and there you have it that was mark baratelli Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 17, called Best Sister. And that is a two-parter. And I am thrilled that I'm going to be joined by Matthew Arder for both parts. So you can look forward to him over the next two weeks. And just as a reminder, I don't like to harp on this too much. But uh, if you do want to support the show through Patreon for a $3 a month donation, you do have access to the other podcast Matthew and I have been doing every month called TV Talkaholics. So, if you're interested, go and check that out. Otherwise, thank you for listening to this week's show, and remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle facethefactspod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash facethefactspod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.